the corner of Munson and Civic Center Boulevard. You're listening to a brand new bi-weekly podcast called Into the Depths with the Men Are Icebreakers. I'm Angelo Vallada, and I'm joined alongside by Jared Tennant for Episode 3. Another pretty exciting episode for you here today. We have the Icebreakers starting goaltender Jake Mullen for a pretty lengthy interview. Uh, after that, we have a quick Coach's Corner segment with Head Coach Sebastian Ragno. But for this show, we're going to start off by talking about some of the recent news uh, coming out of the organization. Alex Mitzionis, who's an Avon, Ohio native, just signed a standard player contract with the team last week. Yeah, he signed on September 4th. He's 24 years old. And taking a look at a little bit of what he's done on the ice, his production, the last two seasons, he played pro hockey in Sweden. 17 goals, 17 assists for 34 points over 20 games. And he also scored two goals and two assists for four points in five games with another club. And uh, he's got some background with some of the players on the icebreakers right now having played with Blake Nada in high school for the Cleveland Junior Lumberjacks and in 2015-16 with Marco Luciani on the Iroquois Falls Eskimos and Tyler Homard on the Worcester Oilers. So he knows a few of our guys on the squad. Yeah, and Mitzionis first broke into the North American pro ranks in 2017-2018 with the Cornwall Nationals. Uh, former FPHL club had an assist over three games with the Nationals. And, of course, last year in Sweden, he had those 34 points, 20 games at the D3 level before uh, a quick stint at the D2 level. So he did end up getting promoted while he was playing overseas. And overall, he just seems like another fast and skilled offensive contributor for the Icebreakers with local roots. Yeah, he stands in 5'9", 180, um, and not the biggest of size, but obviously makes up a lot for it on skill. And the fact that he's familiar with some players, I know Coach Ragdo has talked highly about him and getting the standard player uh, contract you know, a week ago. And... Um, hopefully joins that core and boosts the scoring because we talked about it. When the scoring became one-dimensional, then one-dimensional became the scoring. So we have to have a lot of those weapons out there, Mitzionis, or as they I think call them, Mitzi, will join right in with that. And I think we've had pretty good luck so far when you look at it, Jared, from the uh, the local Northeast Ohio area. Guys have done pretty well um, for the Icebreakers the first two seasons. Yeah, and obviously look at Declan Conway is the guy that stands out as the local guy that really contributes to this team. Um, I think in the FPHL it's pretty rare to have that local guy being the focal point of your team. Maybe you look at Port Huron. Who did they have? It was... Um, yeah, they had a couple John, of John blank there, on right? his name. Well, Urich, when he was in Watertown, wasn't he from the area as well? I know he's with Elmira now, but I know he. I thought he wanted to stay close to home, and I guess technically still in New York as well. But yeah, Port Huron had a couple of players. Ah, oh, the fast guy, short fast guy. I'm looking yes. it up right now. Austin something. Austin Federley. Federley. Yeah. Austin Federley, the guy who kills the icebreakers every time yep. he plays them. I do remember. He has a lot of big games against us last season. So it's nice to have another local guy come in, and uh, you know, fans kind of feel connected to having they see Northeast Ohio, or when they get announced by you know the PA announcers here that they're from the area, and kind of a cool thing. So Mitzionis officially a member of the guys at Double Blue. And also some more news out of Menor Ice Arena. Uh, the new bleachers are finished, so we just saw them here at Menor Ice Arena, and they're looking pretty good. Uh, seating capacity is a little bit expanded because the bleachers extend over the locker room entrances now instead of being just three separate sections in the middle of the ice arena. Yeah, the Fanatics wanted some new bleachers, and 
you know, Mentor Ice Arena makes it happen here. It'll be great for all the events that take place at Mentor Ice Arena. Obviously, a lot of high school hockey here with uh, Mentor Lake Catholic NDCL, a lot of skating programs, and then, of course, for the Mentor Icebreakers season, uh, be great for the Fanatics as well. So that project, it, it looks good. They're looking done. They're doing some more little renovations around the arena. So now we just got to get out there on the ice. And I think as just a pro hockey facility, that was a really necessary upgrade just because those old bleachers were – I don't know if those were the original bleachers, but they were close to it. I mean, they were old. They were run down. Uh, they just were not comfortable to sit in. So hopefully this will – They did know, do it. They did their duty for all those years, but they – we needed some new ones, and they're here. So when you come and you sit back and enjoy, it'll be a comfortable seat, a little more seating, and it, and it looks nicer too. So bleachers uh, – it's completely done, the bleachers part. I know they're doing a few other handy projects around the arena, but I think the bleachers are done. So we have another really exciting piece of news uh, that we wanted to share with you. So you got the bleachers, you got a new hometown signing, and we're going to go three for three. Uh, get the hat trick here because, uh, Fanatics, we want to announce that we will be releasing a Mentor Icebreakers Information Guide Collectible Keepsake. We are taking pre-orders starting this Monday, one week from today. That'll be uh, Monday, September 21st through October 30th, which you could do on our team website at the team store. There will be information posted throughout the week on social media directing you exactly how to do it. The collectible keepsake will be jam-packed with first and most icebreakers history, collectible autographs, full roster profiles, features on the coaching staff and players, and much, much more. For $15, you will be able to take home this keepsake, and everything Icebreakers will be at your fingertips in a professionally bound book to keep a display. Order yours starting next Monday, and go Icebreakers. Jared, this is a project we've been working near and dear on, and it is going to be a really cool thing for the Fanatics to have in the upcoming future. Yeah, it's kind of been our baby this offseason. Um, you know, when you look at it, it's kind of a hybrid between a media, like a traditional media guide with the stats and information and then a team yearbook with more of like feature stories, interesting content that is going to be more engaging than just looking at a page of stats. So definitely excited for that to come out here pretty soon. Yeah, and we'll tell you more things that are going to begin over that pre-order period. But once again, just to highlight it, it'll be pre-order starting by Monday, September 21st on the Team Store website. Social media will help you get there throughout the week. We'll post more information about that. We'll take the pre-orders for about five, six weeks there to the end of October. And uh, then we'll have more information as the season gets closer, when it'll be released. But it's going to be a really cool thing. So keep an eye out on all the Icebreakers uh, social media. And, Jared, I think good time to tell them. What, where are all the channels that they can keep posted on this for uh, the Icebreaker social media? Uh, the biggest thing, always keep track of our Facebook page. It's where we post almost every single piece of news information that comes out about the team. Um, listen to that on Twitter and Instagram as well, uh, Twitter at FPHL Icebreakers, and then Men Are Icebreakers on Instagram and Facebook. So we'll put that up on all the channels and look for it next Monday. Check out the Team Store website. A lot of cool stuff at the Team Store. And that information guide, Collectible Keepsake, is going to be joining. So check that out, Fanatics. We hope you will really enjoy it. I think you will. Joining us now over Zoom is the Icebreakers starting goaltender, Jake Mullen. And Jake, uh, thanks for joining us here today. And we are happy to have you all the way from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, huh? Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys uh, bringing me on the show. So one thing uh, just I was thinking about before we get to the questions is Idaho being the potato capital, uh, you know, pretty much of the U.S. and the world. And then Coeur d'Alene is definitely a French-sounding uh, city. 
So you guys must have, combining the two, the best French fries any city in the world. Yeah, people come all over for our French fries. That's, you know, what we're, what we're there for, actually. <laughs> so how, 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 how's your offseason been, though? How have you been spending your time? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, luckily, Idaho is a common sense state, so with all the weirdness going on, our rink's been open the whole year. So a couple of guys uh, in their off season uh, from the NHL live around here. So I'm able to get on the ice and train with them and uh, try to stay sharp and uh, get on the ice as much as I can. And uh, maybe just doing a little bit of goalie coaching and some uh, camping out here with all our mountains. Uh, that's been about it. So we're going to kind of take things um, in a chronological order here. So, First of all, how did you end up uh, with Battle Creek last year? What was it like just playing for the Bees? What was your experience like there? Um, well, I was in Sweden the year before, and uh, I hadn't really played semi-pro or however you want to call it in, in the U.S. before. So I saw it was an expansion team and thought I would check it out. And uh, that experience there was uh, interesting, to say the least. So – Talk a little bit about the heavy workload you had with the Bees. I mean, you had a 68-save game, and not to outdo yourself, you then had a 79-save game against, ironically, Carolina, who you would play for later. Mentally, as a goalie back there, what is it like facing so many shots in one game? So I think for myself, mentally, I like facing more shots. It feels like it keeps myself in the game mentally and physically. But then there's a difference between a 60-shot game with structure in front of you and a 60-shot game without structure and just with the flow of the game. When I was hitting 60 shots and there's not a lot in front of you, it's in your end the whole time and legs bear down and get pretty tired. So in January last season, uh, you were traded to Carolina. Was that something you saw coming or did it kind of come as a shock after spending the first half of the season with Battle Creek? So... In all honesty, I was in Battle Creek, and I was kind of at a point where our team wasn't improving. Nothing was really changing, and for myself, I just wanted to change. And so I kind of knew that I was going somewhere, but I didn't. I didn't know where. You know, with the Thunderbirds, your stats improved dramatically. Was your approach any different knowing that you had one of the best teams in the league in front of you? I know you were just kind of talking about it's different facing 60 shots with, you know, a bit more structure in front of you. So, so was that a factor? Yeah, I was going to say, so it definitely was like interesting going there for my first two games because they are such a structurally sound team. So a lot of my shots kind of come from the outside or even I wouldn't get much action. So it was really like being able to keep myself warm because my first two games there I ended up with shutouts. And then we ended up going playing Danbury, which is one of the better teams in the league and facing a lot more real realistic shots. So I kind of jumped in and almost got it easy, which was almost bad in a way because I was kind of kind of thinking that's how it was going to be every game. So uh, last January, you played in Menor a couple of games. Um, it was January 26th, you picked up the win in a 4-3 to Carolina shootout win over the Icebreakers. How much do you remember from that game, and what was your first impressions of just the city of Menor and the fans we have here? So impressions from the game, we were had quite a few guys injured. I remember Kelly Curl, our backup goalie, one of the backup goalies was actually playing defense, and even Andre Nietzsche was, was dressed as a player. 
so we were pretty short, and uh, it's going to be interesting how that game went. And uh, we kind of came back, went into OT, and then I remember uh, – oh, think of his name. Is it uh, – Declan Conway? Declan, Declan, there we go. I remember Declan comes in on a on a breakaway in the third period. Uh, ended up saving, and we ended up going into overtime and winning in a shootout. And uh, that was a pretty interesting game, pretty wild. But I wasn't expecting that. But, yeah, your fans were all – you guys had a pretty decent crowd there and liked the rink. Yeah, that was a crazy game. If you remember from our end in the net – our goalie goes down mid-shootout, and Frankie McClendon, who ironically had just come over from Carolina, had to step in mid-shootout. So that, that was a pretty wild game, uh, I think, for both teams. But, you know, going back to Battle Creek, though, for a moment, you know, you were battle-tested with Battle Creek, to say the least. I mean, before getting to, you know, with the strong Carolina team, talk a little bit about how both those very different experiences helped you grow and what you learned from both franchises. Well, I think being in Battle Creek helping me grow was uh, I felt like I got pretty close with a few guys because it was kind of like on that team, like you were really working for each other. There wasn't because other than that, you know, what are you working for when when you're losing, you know, 30 games in a row? It's pretty rough. And uh, learning from from North Carolina, I think it just proves that like with structure, and hard work and consistency over and over and over again, you know, you could really find success and you find the right guys that are willing to do that same thing every night really helps. But I just think it shows, I mean, even throughout the league, right there, they're, they usually what maybe have five or six losses a year. And it shows why just because they are so structured on everything they do. So last March, that's when you were traded to the Icebreakers. Uh, what was your initial reaction, just kind of learning of the trade and figuring out you're coming to Menor to be the number one goalie? Yeah, so like I said, in the first trade, I, I, <laughs> I knew it was coming. The second trade, I, I had no clue. I kind of just uh, got a phone call like five minutes after the deadline and said, see you, you're going to Mentor. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right. And uh, – I actually hadn't realized that they were on such a big losing streak when I had gone there because I've been playing Battle Creek most of the year and you guys always whooped us. So it was interesting to find out that there was that big of a streak going and we went over there and uh, played Delaware when I got there. Like that's one big difference I have to say. The Battle Creek locker room was not too bad. North Carolina locker room was okay. And then going into Mentor, that locker room was like, it was just like I'd been there all year long. All the guys were super friendly and brought me in, and it was that like I hadn't missed a beat. So when I jumped in that, it was super easy to, to communicate and to click with the guys. And might have been a high-scoring game, but, I mean, the guys in front of me scored, what, like six or seven goals? So well, yeah, that's what I was going to talk to you. I mean, that was a crazy debut because it was a 6-5 win over Delaware, but – have you ever had to switch rinks mid-game at any level in your career? Yeah, no, that was wild. When the when the clock was going out, I uh, I thought they would just maybe run it on someone's watch inside the scorekeepers. But then, yeah, bringing us in the locker room and switching rinks, I thought that was pretty interesting. 
So you, your debut against. game, you get to play on both rinks, see the whole arena, you know, the locker room, everything. I mean, that was looking back. No one knew it was going to be the last game of the season, but what a way to end. You play on two rinks. You pick up the pro debut. We got players driving down from Alaska to make it in by the time the third <laughs> period. And that whole game is almost like fiction. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean, Kodiak White Duck missing the first period due to his play and then scoring a goal as soon as he gets on the ice was pretty crazy. I mean, can you can you write something better than that if you were writing hockey fiction? I don't think you could come up with a better story. <laughs> yeah. So what made you choose to re-sign with the Icebreakers this offseason? You were, I think, second player to re-sign with the team after the offseason started. So for me, I was I was only there, like I said, for two weeks. But I mean, Sebastian as a as a goalie as well can help uh, help fine tune a few things in my game, I believe. And uh, Nick and and Sebastian were just they, they were great when I was there. They were super nice and helpful, and looking to help me in any way possible. And like they had lost uh, Bush. So they had kind of been looking for a guy to come in, and I just I enjoyed my time there and got along with them both very well. And thought I'd like to to try and play for them for a, for a full season in one rink, maybe. Yeah, one rink. Yeah, that's a good idea. GM Nick Russo and head coach Sebastian Rango have talked a lot about how they feel like they've solidified the goaltending core this offseason since you re-signed. And at one point, Sebastian, head coach Ragno talked about you being the backbone of the team. What's it like to have that confidence and uh, backing of the organization heading into the season? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, – it feels really good to be able to, you know, to, like, go into the offseason to a team that, like, where, where you know that you, they're, you're wanted and you're signed and something that, you know, you've worked hard for and uh, just to enjoy it, you know, to enjoy – playing every game and being a leader out there and uh so you talked a little bit about this but how much does it help to have a head coach who kind of has that background and a focus in coaching up goaltenders um I think it's huge because honestly in the long run a lot of head coaches are kind of if there isn't a goalie coach it's kind of just up to them and they either just choose maybe not to be knowing or maybe they like a guy better than the other or Maybe one guy plays a weaker team and puts up better better stats than if the guy that plays a stronger team and he gets to start every game. I feel like having an uh, an actual goalie coach, also being your head coach, makes makes a huge difference because you can make those big time game decisions on who to play and like maybe when when does your goalie need a rest and what game should I play him and how many games can he play before he's tired because I feel. A lot of goalies too now, or coaches now, want to just go one for one for one for one with tendies. And me personally, like I'd rather pay four or five games in a row and then get my rest because once you get in that groove, you want to keep that groove going for a couple more games and then settle down and restart it again. That's a good point. I didn't ever think of it that way. And you know, Coach Ragno knows, you know, having gone through that himself, so he can definitely relate to you there. So that's a definitely a heads up there. Um, you know, in general, though, what are, what are some of your expectations for the upcoming season once we get out there on the ice? Well, kind of seeing like what you're saying, me and only a couple other guys, one of the guys have re-signed yet. I think it's going to be a very different look at a mentor team this year. But a very exciting look. I know we got a few more guys from Canada. And uh, I think that this year we're going to have a team that's going to be, you know, in the top of the standings. 
All right, just to close it out, we're gonna do a couple of just get to know you. Um, we're gonna ask you some of your favorites and just give us quick answers. So right. start off with your favorite movie. Oh, my favorite movie, hands down, Avatar, but the one with the blue people. That one's the best. <laughs> Only the blue people. And how about favorite food? Favorite food. Uh, I don't know if you guys have it there, but either Mongolian barbecue or hoo-ha hut. We do have a uh, Mongolian barbecue in the coverture. I never heard of the hoo-ha hut. Yeah, it's like the same thing, but all you can eat. Okay, there you go. Right. Favorite <laughs> TV show? <laughs> favorite TV show. Oh, this one's going to be super girly. So, uh, 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> All right. Well, you kind of answered the favorite restaurant one. So, we'll go. Uh, what favorite music genre? Favorite music genre. I would probably put that under like dubstep, I'd say. All right. Well, uh, favorite hobby you have? My Outside favorite of hobby. Winter hobby, snowmobiling. Uh, summer hobby, maybe just trying to get a nice tan, you know? Just chilling out there, uh, laying on the beach, listening to some dubstep, and then going home and eating some uh, leftover hoo-ha head and watching reruns of 90 Day Fiance. Exactly, but you forgot the mankini, but other than that, yeah, it's right on. <laughs> All right, what about your favorite athlete, hockey or not? Ooh. Favorite athletes, definitely hockey. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. All right. So we'll move on to a couple of this or that questions. I'll give you two options. You just pick your favorite. Okay. So cats or dogs? Oh, dogs, of course. Good choice. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, yikes. Both are gross for breakfast, but uh, waffles, I guess. iPhone or Android? Oh, iPhone. Facebook, Instagram, or if you're like me, neither? Snapchat. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Cooking at home or eating out? Oh, cook, cook it at home all day. And vanilla or chocolate? Ooh. Talking about ice cream, right? Anything, just in general. <laughs> it could make a difference, though, if it's ice cream or candy, you know. Uh... I'll go vanilla. All right. But one thing that's not vanilla is Jake Mullen's Witty Banner and On Ice Abilities. There you go. <laughs> so, when you, now one last, you know, just looking forward, we talked about your, your expectations and stuff. But if you had to say, you know, uh, just something to the fanatics as we're getting set, you know, hopefully to find out the schedule in the, the coming months and so and then get on the ice, what, what would you want to say to your new fan base? Because they only got to see you on, granted, two rinks, but one time. Well, the only time they did see me, I was in my old gear. And this year, I got some pretty sick new gear and a new painted helmet they should probably come check out. Okay. See, that's a great tease. I mean, everybody's got to come check out not only your on-ice ability, but the new gear because, you know, got to have some cool gear while you're out there. Look good yeah, I mean, I mean, the splits are cool, but the new gear is definitely cooler. Well, thanks, Jake, for joining us here today. I know the fanatics appreciate it. We appreciate it. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you out there on the ice soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. All right. It's been a few weeks, but we're back here with Icebreakers head coach Sebastian Ragno for another Coach's Corner segment. First of all, Sebastian, how have you been the last couple of weeks? Been good. Staying busy. Um, 
you know, trying to continue to build the team and work on some community engagement stuff and also enjoy a little bit of the off season because it's going to come up quick. I have to ask uh, after this past weekend, are you a Browns fan? I know you're from Pennsylvania, but if you any connection to the Browns, it's a tough week for us. <laughs> I, uh, not necessarily a huge football fan. Um, I guess I grew up a Steelers fan, you could say, but I, I do watch the Browns here and there. Um, it's more of a more of a just because I'm here type of thing. I don't really care if they win or not, but they did pretty bad. So you can't say that I'm a fan. <laughs> so moving on to some of the moves we've been making as of late. Um, of course, Alex Mitzionis, uh, the Avon, Ohio native, just signed to the team. Can you just talk a little about how that came to be uh, and then what he brings to the table this season? Yeah, I, I run a goaltending school out here um, up in Cleveland through the season and through the summer. And Mitzi actually was one of my shooters for a while, so I got to know him pretty well. Um, and as the coronavirus continued, you know, the, the Swedish thing was kind of looking a little less certain. Um, and we had a discussion probably about two months ago that, you know, would he be, would he consider coming to Menor? And he said he's heard great things and would love to play at home. And, you know, he's a lot of guys he knows on the team as well, including Blake uh, specifically. But um, so we had, you know, conversation over the month. And um, recently I, I talked to him and he said, hey, it's, it's looking a little more like I'm going to end up in Menor. And I said, that, you know, it's awesome. I can't wait. I hope we get you. And he made the decision to stay home. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty excited. He's a good player. He's a little guy, but he's feisty. He's skilled. Um, he puts up a lot of points and, you know, he's, he's been a pro for what, two years now. So um, he's going to be a good, good guy to come in as a leader as well. Is it kind of a focus to add more of those local guys with Northeast Ohio connections or more of just a bonus to have that talent available just in our backyard? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily look at where they're from when I'm doing the recruiting part of it. Um, but it's definitely a bonus if they are local, you know, cause then they're here during the off season, uh, they can do some public events, things like that. Um, and it's always nice for the kids to have someone local to look up to, um, you know, someone that's kind of guy, kind of gone through the, um, the schools that you've gone through and that type of thing too. Also wanted to get your thoughts on just the arena upgrades, uh, men are going to make, and of course the new bleachers, is a big one. They're looking pretty good now that they're finished. Yeah, we were we were pretty excited. We were following along the progress as we were up in the office. Um, they just finished them this week, so the bleachers look awesome. Um, it's nice to have some separated seating. Um, you know, it definitely helps with with ticket sales and that type of thing. Having having nicer amenities to offer fans. Um, I know there's some rumor that we might. Um, you know, we might try to build a couple things or use under the bleachers as storage, that type of thing. Um, I know that having the tunnels also helps the guys feel a little more professional. I think it's pretty cool when you walk out on through a tunnel rather than just, you know, out through the the crowd. Um, so it, small things like that make, make Menor a, a better place to play. Um, and, you know, props to the arena for making sure that that was getting done, even in such uncertain times. Just kind of looking around our division, uh, Eastern Division of the FPHL, obviously. Have you been paying any attention to the moves some of these other teams have been making? Um, you know, Delaware has improved. Elmira has a lot of talent coming back. Watertown's looking pretty strong. Anything you've noticed from the moves that, that they've all been making? Yeah, um, I actually dive pretty deep into other teams' transactions. I kind of have, you know, expected lineups and that kind of stuff done already. Um, just trying to stay ahead of the curve here and Obviously, those are changing every day, um, but the way I look at it is, 
you know, they're going to make their moves. We're going to make our moves. Hopefully what we're doing is you know, better, if not even with what they're doing. And at the end of the day, I can't control their, their recruiting. I can't control who they bring in. All I can control is what we put on the ice and how we play and the systems we play. And, um, you know, it's, the game's up to itself. You know, we put, we put our half on the ice, they put their half and whoever's better wins that night. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, props to every team in the league for, for upgrading consistently. Uh, it makes the league a lot better. It makes it a lot more fun, a lot more competitive. Um, you know, there's going to be better players coming in consistently through the future too, uh, which is great to hear. But um, like I said, I, I just focus more so on what we're doing and prepare for the games that we have to play. And lastly, we talked to Jake Mullen, Mullen earlier in this episode. Just kind of wanted your thoughts on how important he's going to be to the team this season. Um, you know, how much emphasis do you have on, did you have on solidifying just having a number one goalie on the roster? Yeah, um, I, I speak to Jake pretty frequently. Um, you know, being a goalie myself, it's easy to get along with him and uh, help him out with some of his training questions and stuff like that. But, um, you know, coming towards the end of last season, we knew that Rotobush wasn't going to be coming back. Uh, he wasn't going to get sent down anytime soon. So we decided that we needed to make a move for a number one goalie that we were going to be able to keep keep reins on for the next year, uh, kind of in a future type move. And Jake came in and he performed well. So I'm excited to have him. Um, but, you know, as I said before, he can't play every game, unfortunately. So it's going to be just as important to have a good number two and maybe even a number three that um, that we can play in these these quick series it's going to be a lot of hockey in a short amount of time all right coach well thanks for coming on we'll talk to you again soon absolutely thank you all right we just heard from head coach sebastian ragno in the coach's corner and now just want to catch up on a few quick things before we wrap up today's show the mascot tournament has continued on with dash defeating bb sting unfortunately mitts took down slam in this tournament but we all know that slam is our favorite fphl mascot and currently in the last first round matchup it's captain canine defeating blizzard of the watertown wolves so once again just want to remind you that the icebreakers information guide collectible keepsake pre-orders will be up and at them by monday september 21st we'll be taking those pre-orders through october 30th on the team website at the team store keep up to date on the icebreaker social media for all the information and latest on that and it's going to be a great item that you're want to you're going to want to get, check out, read cover to cover, and check out all the other great things like the autographs in there. We'll keep you posted on that. And until next time, we'll see you all later.